0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create your life.
1: Create your life.
0: Create your life.
1: Create your life. Create your tua vita. Create your life. your life better create your life
0: create your life
1: create your life
0: create your life Beautiful people, what's going on? This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. It is a snowy Sunday in New York City, and we are here, CEO Talks, special guest contributor. Always happy to have
1: this guy on the show. Eric Fonda, what's going on, brother? Always happy to be here. You had to trek it up from uh, from Brooklyn to Harlem, but that's okay, that's okay. You gotta put in the work to get what you want in life.
0: Man, I appreciate you making that trek, man. Last night I was supposed to go to an event and I saw the snow, and you know,
1: me and my California blood, I stayed in the house, so. It was snowing all day, brother. <laughs> I was yeah. in the truck and I was still, you know, a little wary about being out there, so.
0: We wanna jump right into it with the CEO Talks and really just talk about uh, the hows and whys of becoming an entrepreneur.
1: Definitely, man, definitely, because he's, some people get into it for the wrong reasons. They think it's a, a fancy life when, you know, it's, it's a struggle grind from, from the get-go, and it's really a struggle the, the entire way through. It's just probably a more heartening struggle right. in the ordinary life, but it's probably exponentially more difficult.
0: Exponentially more difficult... And people often say, "Oh, I want to be my own boss," and I'm like, "I don't think you know what that entails <laughs> <laughs> because you're also going to be every employee as well." Exactly, and for a period of time, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're able to scale up that quickly or right. you have a certain type of business model. But when you're your own boss, man, that means that you're always working, always, never you know, stops thinking every in the day shower. Is Monday. <laughs> yeah, right. Every day's Monday. And you're in the shower and you're thinking about all of these things that are taking place, all of the stuff that's happening. You know, it's just so much that goes into being your own boss and i think that entrepreneurship has become something that people we just want to say oh i'm an entrepreneur oh, i'm an entrepreneur right. and so after a couple of minutes of talking to a person you pretty much know whether or not they're really in the game or they or, playing with a hobby right they're yeah. playing with a hobby and it's funny because i was taking my business plan course a couple of weeks back mm-hmm. and someone said oh well why is your business plan so So financially heavy I say to myself And I said to him I said well that's how I know That I'm in the game And that I'm
1: trying to survive Right With my business Right And you I know you can speak to that (laughs) How important the bottom line is Trust me I have a A financial operating model That goes out four years Oh Oh, wow So every year Gets updated another Extra year in advance The Mine right now Goes out to 2019 I gotta push it all the way Out to 2000 Into 2020 So that's how far In advance I'm trying to actually see my my business model and my growth projections
0: so if you're what about thinking, you personally because i know the finances for the business also correlate with your finances for the you know for personal right right
1: i usually have a full year okay uh, planned out from uh, my bills my expenses uh, my experiences that i'm trying to have anything that's that's uh upcoming in the future my sister just got engaged so oh, congratulations we go down. thank you thank you we got to go down to mexico got to put that in the list you know so there's always a an adjustment so that plan is actually built out on a weekly basis for an entire year how do you adjust when you let's say you save 50 bucks 100 bucks mm-hmm. 1000
0: bucks within that within a month or right. within a week right how do I adjust in? Like, in, do you put it somewhere else in the year, or do you say, okay, this is going into the savings department of the year? Or this is for an emergency fund. Like how do
1: you? Yeah. So there's there's a base savings fund, right? That gets it. That's a that's an expense in my mind. Got gotcha. you. You write that off automatically, mm-hmm. and then after that. Um, if there's any extra savings, then we'll either throw it into that savings fund, or it'll be utilized somewhere else down the line. I mean, I, at the moment, I got a five-month-old daughter, so there's always an extra expense coming down the line. <laughs> and really, I need to go back and adjust for this formula, man. It's expensive. In oh industry. man, <laughs> serious, <laughs> baby, autumn, angel. Yep, yep. Okay, so
0: Eric, man, let me ask you straight up: How does somebody know? And I'm gonna ask this question: How does somebody know when to take their entrepreneurial journey serious? And I I want to preface it with this: The other day I was watching Shark Tank, mm-hmm. and this guy literally took out two mortgages on his house, mm-hmm. re- refinanced, he exhausted his children's school fund, and had done something else. He was 500k in in the hole and had never made a penny off of his business and had been at it for a number of years. Wow. I I don't laugh, but I think about people like that who are so. Intentional, or who are so dedicated to an idea that may not be
1: working. Mm-hmm. So how do you know when an idea is working or when it doesn't? Well, I would say that most likely for most people, it's going to be difficult then for them to get an idea into the execution phase all the way to, to the phase of income without being full-time at it. They just won't have it in them to... Do what it takes to make it a profitable idea, to get past the, the milestones that, all right, this isn't working. This is working. Let me figure out this. Let me get this sales strategy. All that requires the 10,000 hours. And right. And putting in the 10,000 hours, that's, that's 2,000 hours a year. You're talking about five years just to become an expert at a certain thing. So most people are going to have to go all in in order to really figure out whether or not something's worthwhile. But if you have an idea and you feel that strongly about it, then you probably know you actually are an entrepreneur. There's something about risk and risk aversion that an entrepreneur just completely... Disregards. Disregards, completely. Exactly. They just say, you know what, it doesn't matter how long it's gonna take, how much it's gonna take. So that man is probably an entrepreneur at heart with the wrong idea. Right.
0: You Because know, he's he, definitely he,
1: willing to go all in. Exactly, exactly.
0: But 500K in <laughs> with zero profit, I mean How do you know when to stop When that thing that you're working at Is not working And now you want to
1: make that adjustment That's the thing about Because there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there Being a successful entrepreneur is completely different right? And being a successful entrepreneur requires That you can say yes or no To whatever it is you're doing at the time You know to be able to make those quick side steps Or complete turnarounds Whenever the time is right And that requires you to be in the market Talking to the people who that ultimately buy your product and then talking to people that sell something similar to your product so that they can give you the advice that gives you the guidance to make those sidesteps or those full turnarounds. It's very possible that he's been going at it for a very long time by himself gotcha. without anyone in, in, in any real guidance or any role that has done it before him that he can emulate and copy. Instead, he's trying to do it all his own in the garage and start from scratch. But truth be told, guys out there, there is nothing new under the sun. You have to talk to people because they will always give you ways to do your job better. And that's why I'm always yeah. talking about
0: having people around you who are going to tell you like it is, regardless of whether or not you want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Like there's been so many times where you um, other people, my God brother, other people have literally I'll come to them with something. They'd be like, dude, you are you crazy? And so I sit back and I evaluate that and mm-hmm. I say, OK, you know mm-hmm. what? You know, that might be pride making me do this, or this might be uh, that making me do that. Or, you know what? They don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And then you learn your lesson either way. Right. Uh, one of the big, the biggest things for me is pricing for one of my products that I had earlier right. this year. Right. Remember, I, I came to you with questions about the pricing. But funny enough, you and I adjusted the pricing. But then I was talking to a parent mm-hmm. about the pricing, and she broke it down to me. And at first, I was... You are talking to your
1: client base.
0: Right. I was talking to my client base. Mm-hmm. So that made a difference because I was making an adjustment mm-hmm. and I was also listening. I wasn't in the garage anymore exactly. by myself.
1: Exactly. Right?
0: I had to stop being attached to what it is that I felt the product was worth. Right. And then had to understand what the consumer
1: thought it was worth and right. what they right. would actually pay that, for. That's a that's a key feature of being an entrepreneur. You can't be, even though you're emotionally invested in building your product, you can't be emotionally invested in how your product Comes to fruition You should be emotionally invested in the work Not necessarily the end outcome The end outcome and the impact Are two different things You're talking about I build my product, I want to sell it for $75 a month The right. market won't even pay $20 a month Right. So you're out here upset that clients won't buy your product And now you want to browbeat clients Into buying something That's not how the market works That's not free market capitalism unfortunately, And that's the, the society we live in so you have to be emotionally invested in putting in the work and then allow the market to give you the feedback and all of that. You need to be able to eat it with a grain of salt and just move on with your life instead of saying, oh, you're wrong. And I'm just going to be dogmatic and move forward and do what I want because trailblazers are people that don't listen to others and do new and awesome things. But really and truthfully, most trailblazers only adjusted something small in a simplistic manner. And people were like, Oh my God, I can't believe I didn't think of that first. Or I I should, I thought of that. I should have done something with it. So you got to be open and honest with yourself about that feedback and not be emotionally invested to it being negative because there's going to be a lot more negative feedback than positive feedback. Unfortunately,
0: when I had to make that adjustment, she told me what the prices were that she would be willing to pay. Mm. At first, I was in my feelings a little bit, and I said, you know what? Let me be receptive. Mm-hmm. Let me listen mm-hmm. to what it is that is being said to me. Mm-hmm. And from that adjustment, so it went up. You know, you got to listen to the market. You got to listen, but gotta you also listen. have to be willing. One of the biggest things, right? I was building out Debt Free College Academy, and I completed the entire program. Mm-hmm. The videos, the, the webinars I'm talking mm-hmm. about, I literally stayed in the house and did only this for five days straight. Mm-hmm. Waking up, going to sleep, researching, all of that. My phone was off, everything. And I went, I finished it, all of the PowerPoints, everything. And I recorded it. Mm -hmm. And I went down to Atlanta for one of my friends' wedding. And all of this was saved on my computer. I sent four of the PowerPoints only. Mm -hmm. But I saved all of my notes. I sent four of the PowerPoints to one of my friends via email so they could check it for grammatical errors. Mm Mm-hmm. When I was in Atlanta, I went into a restaurant, I had all of my stuff in my car, and it literally got robbed. And my computer, my backpack, which had testimonials from the speech that I had just done in Florida, all of that stuff gone. Gone. Woo. Gone. It was the first time, bro, that I've ever been robbed.
1: Yeah. That's that's but also feel violated.
0: I felt violated, man. Like somebody took my stuff and I didn't even have a chance to defend myself. Yeah.
1: And all of that work I was depressed for like two weeks. It's tough. It's t- that's that's another thing about entrepreneurs because you got to be real. You have have, to have strong emotional fortitude because there's going to be so many valleys and peaks that occur. That you, if you can't say stay stable during mm-hmm. those storms, you're probably going to enter into a deep depression and then be manic afterwards, and then you'll cycle back and forth and yeah. ultimately burn yourself out. So I had to learn that probably this 2016 has probably been my most emotionally volatile year mm-hmm. as, a, as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And during all of that, I had to learn that it isn't about me. As long as I continue to put one step in front of the other, as long as I continue to build the right relationships, all the stuff that's going wrong, that stuff will fall, settle and disappear. And all the stuff I'm doing right will grow and I'll be able to harvest it in the future. And so I had to learn how to be stable um, in my mind so that I could continue to, to move forward even when things were going wrong.
0: So the thing that happened with me was I was depressed for about two weeks. I mean, I literally wasn't talking, man. I was in bed. I just couldn't believe it. I worked so hard. Yeah. And one of my friends, Elaine Fluker, who was actually a guest on the show early on, she was after you because you mm-hmm. were the first guest on the yeah. show. She literally called me and she was like w- w- what's going on with you and I told her the situation because she was the one who actually pushed me to go ahead and do the program because I said that I was going to do it but I hadn't taken action right again you know those are friends who are pushing you right. and holding you accountable right. and right. making you be greater right, right. iron sharpening iron mm-hmm. she literally called me and said okay when are you gonna start and then she would call me every day like come on get your back on your feet You doing it yep. You yep. know what's up you doing it like what's gonna happen are you gonna do this and so I was like, all right, well, after a while, I had to go back and do all of the research and redo the PowerPoints yep. and redo the recordings, which and they took hours. all the hours. testimonials again. No, the testimonials were eternally lost because they were right there at that event. Right, right. And the craziest part is I had this really, really cool testimonial from this kid. I had spoken in Wisconsin in 2013 at a foster care conference, or maybe it was 2014, And this kid saw me at the conference. He literally came up to me and he said, this is giving me chills right now, man. He literally came up to me and said, Mr. Brown, guess what? I said, what's going on, Duche? He said, over the last year, I've gotten into college. I've been in college consistently. And I've had my own apartment for a year. Wow. And he said, and thank you for that because your talk and us having our our relationship and us talking because everybody that I speak to whenever I'm on the platform, man, I always say, yo, hit me up on on Facebook, hit Mm -hmm. me up on Instagram, however, Mm -hmm. you know, and I will respond and we keep in contact. You know, last year he talked to me, we talked about his graduation and stuff like that. And this kid literally like him saying that to me was just so like, man, it, it helped me know that what I do matters. But I had that on video, man. And it's like I could ask him for it, you know, again, but it was It, it won't was, be it won't
1: be the same. Man, it, it won't be, be the, the same. same.
0: But I had so many people. I had at least forty testimonials from yeah. that one presentation, yeah. man, and it was gone. But going back to that friendship, man, and those people holding you accountable those she Relationships, was They will
1: come back to you, they will come back and they mm-hmm. will you will be able to harvest them because you're doing the right thing.
0: Yeah. But I ended up redoing the entire program. But I got to be honest with you, if I didn't have that, like you said, emotional fortitude, Mm -hmm. or if I wasn't committed Mm -hmm. to helping other people, or committed to my purpose, and literally, I like to break rules. That's one of my things about entrepreneurship. You know, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do, and I'm going to do some stuff that's unconventional. Right. It's just a rebellious foster kid in me. Right. But that literally man that was that was one of the hardest times that i had you know forget the sleeping on the train and the eating chicken sandwiches and Arizona right, right. iced teas relatively nah, yeah
1: all all of the the lifestyle difficulties seem relatively simple compared to when you lose or, or you you have that large failure on the entrepreneurial road yeah it's man. it's it's difficult to bounce back after those whereas the other ones are just circumstance and and timing, and they will pass um, as, as time passes. Yeah. But we're talking about people who are on the cusp of choosing to be an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a full-time job. Maybe you don't have a job, and you're just trying to figure it out on your own way. I would say you got to ask yourself, how open are you to failure? That's the biggest one because you're going to fail a lot. How many people do you have around you that are that you can bounce ideas off of and not just those that will support you with a a pat on the back, but those that will sit you down and say, listen, wake up BS. Nope. Not trying to be that way. Figure it out. Do it better. Right. You need to have people who are going to be honest with you as well. But then also it's not just about ideas. Mm -hmm. Everybody has ideas. Facebook oh, execution was an brother exactly execution you exactly. said something that i R thought R was you really the person cool person who can execute and be honest about that do you need to become the person who can execute are you sitting around and just talking about it and a couple people said oh that's a great idea you should do something with that are you the person who gets up every day and does things not busy work but executes on a game plan if you can be that person, you can turn into that person, then yes, you can be an entrepreneur. And also,
0: there's room to understand the strategy. Mm-hmm. Because if you can understand the strategy, then you can get the people to execute. But exactly. you still have to execute the hiring, the firing, and yep. all of that stuff, yep. which is very consuming, Yeah, I would say. But when, when we talk about failure, I think failure to me is relative. Because if you never quit, then you don't fail. But I think that you have to be willing to be disappointed.
1: Right. In the results that you That's get. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. Because disappointment can be difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. But if you're of the right mindset, failure isn't even failure. Right. Right? It's it's just trial. and error. Lesson's learned. Right? I'm a scientist at heart. It is literally try variable A, see if it works. Change, tweak it, try variable B, see if it works. Change, tweak it. So failure is just tests. Mm-hmm. It's just testing a hypothesis and then moving on to the next test. So you got to be comfortable testing and testing and testing and testing I'm over glad and over and again.
0: I'm glad you said that because that shows where we have different approaches, mm-hmm. but we're very similar. Mm-hmm. I'm a clothing designer at heart. Mm-hmm. So for me, everything is about spacing, mm-hmm. aesthetic. I call it a standard. You know, there's a standard right. of ways that things happen. But when I'm looking at stuff, for me, I'm thinking big picture. Like, OK, I said that I'm going to. Make this jacket. Right. Now, I don't care what it takes, what I have to learn along the way to make this jacket. I am going to make this jacket. I might and mess up a few zippers. Oh, I might man. mess up
1: a few of this. And one sleeve might be longer than the other turn? one. Yeah.
0: And I'm just going to take it off and put it back. Mm-hmm. And this is what's going to happen. And then we're going to add on more features and things like that as we're going. Yeah. But it's a different
1: the process.
0: Right. It's the process. So we, we just interpret it differently. Like, you're a scientist. I'm a, I'm a clothing designer. So everything that I'm looking at, when I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm like, picking it apart for the small details, all right. those little
1: things. Right. Sometimes it gets a little bit off. That's true. But true. But you touch on something. Being able to take big and break it in and compartmentalize right. it and break it into its smaller parts so it's more easily digested. Most people say, I have an idea. And they think that they can jump into the success notion of that idea. And you got to break it down to its first, second, third step. And then do that over and over and over again at each phase along the way. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have the emotional fortitude, if you're not comfortable with the disappointment, if you're not working to break down those finite steps, then you're not going to be able to bring everything to fruition from the idea. For a person who's working full time, what should they know or how do they know? when to pursue that
0: idea when they feel like they don't have any time what are some things that you would say or tell that person
1: i mean for the idea's sake if you're talking about something that's been done before you got to talk to people that have already done it
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: apps being built go talk to somebody you have technical background go see how much it's going to cost to hire a designer to build an mvp you know, What's a, MVP? a minimum viable product, right? Right. It doesn't have to have all the bells and whistles. It just needs to do the minimum base level of functionality for you to prove that this concept works. Well, I think the biggest thing about that is you don't have to be great to get started, but you got to get started to be great. Right. I forget who right. says that. I was sitting around thinking one day and I was like, OK, there's this 80-20 rule out there, right? 80% of your work, you can do that. Last 20% is where you find your perfection, right? OK. And I was like You know what For a person in the world Most people Don't even do the first 50% And here's Here's what I mean by 50 I actually I believe it's 50 80 20 right The first 50 is Show up That's it Just show up Hmm Okay The, the, the next 30% How you get to 80 Is by speaking up um. Having the conversation With people in order to to structure the idea. And then that last 20, how you find perfection, is standing out, right? And that's where you can be different, be better, be outstanding. So show up, speak up, and then stand out. People want to stand out, and they haven't even shown up. You're not even in the game, and you want to be the most spectacular person here. That doesn't make any sense. So for me, it's not 80-20, it's 50-80-20. But you said show up, speak up, and what else? Stand out Stand out That last 20% of work is where you find your niche It's how you become better than most Mm -hmm. It's how you become spectacular It's where people fail But actually, that's at the tail end of the equation Most people actually fail on showing up You're not even getting out the house and speaking to people You're not even going to the events You're not even... And being with the customer, hmm. even if you don't have to speak to the customer, just go to where the customers are and right. sit
0: and watch them and the conversations gonna happen organically. Exactly. So that that's one of the most interesting things yeah showing that's up why is showing definitely... up
1: and speaking up are, are fairly easy even though most people won't do it. But what about the work? I think most people confuse busy work with real work. Yeah I read they this just book. do a lot of stuff and it doesn't actually tangibly increase their productivity or the progress of whatever they're chasing.
0: A book that I read a long time ago, Paid to Speak, talked about focusing on MMAs, which are your money-making activities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that, because as a speaker, one of the biggest things and misconceptions about speaking is, or not even misconceptions, but one of the things is is speaking can be glamorous. Mm -hmm. And people are attracted to being on a stage and being the center of attention. Mm -hmm. But that's gigging. Right. And gigging is cool. Right. But... (laughs) however um, (laughs) it's hard to sustain on gigging yeah and so therefore it's important for you to understand what it is that's actually getting you booked and what it is that's actually going to sustain you in your lifestyle right so you have to make those adjustments in order
1: to that's like taking it's taking the big picture Mm -hmm. of kevin brown getting on stage right that big picture is broken down to Kevin Brown calling 8 million people, right? Kevin Brown receiving 20 responses, Kevin Brown booking five, five gigs. gigs, right? Kevin Brown's on stage, right? And, with, and even not, in those things the preparation, but the exactly. preparation before
0: you even get there, like people don't know that. I remember my first speech, dude, I literally practiced 10 hours straight. And that was one day. Mm-hmm. So there were multiple days mm-hmm. of that. Literally, my friend Alicia Nye, she was a playwright. Really, really dope. You know, Alicia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. Lit- she literally sat there with me as I rewrote and literally went through this this speech. Over and over and over again. Over and over again. Yep. And then here's the funny part. The speech was supposed to be an hour. I was finished in 39 minutes. <laughs> so there were other... <laughs> questions? <rules>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <We> got questions. <laughs> and, and it's in front of youth. Okay, so my first big bored. one, 300. You, no, 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 they loved it, but it wrapped a, a little quick. and then afterwards, they're like, Oh, I thought it was gonna be a little longer. And I'm kind of like, Man, I had practiced it. Practice.
1: Were you nervous and burnt through it, though? I, yeah, that's what happened. As, yeah. That's what happened. No matter how many times that I mm-hmm. went through it,
0: when mm-hmm. once I got on stage, it was a different world, mm-hmm.
1: it was a different result. Mm-hmm. And so, that now, see, that 10 hours of work you put in on your speech, no, no, no it was more than 10. That was just well, one day, 10 that hours. one that one day and that one speech, and, and however long. And then afterwards, when you got that feedback of mm-hmm. your pace is too too quick and you need to slow it down, all that work, that's the standout work. That's how you perfect your craft. That's how you be get right. better than everybody else. And that's how people notice you more. But most people don't show up, and then they don't practice what they preach. They don't practice all of that work that they tr- they're trying to do. You can't be the best developer, build the best app, and you haven't been putting in the hours.
0: That's very true, yeah. man. That's very true. And it's funny that you say that because afterwards, I literally, I went back to the drawing board. I took that feedback. They loved the speech. Mm-hmm. It was quick. They didn't make a fuss about it. Right. But for what me, that mattered. But you did. And so what I did is I asked other speakers, hey, man, how do you know when you might be going too fast with your presentation? How do you know that this is happening and, and that is happening? And you know what? Create Life Series fam, I'm going to go ahead and give you the game. <laughs> <laughs> One of my friends, he would have his phone. And he would place it next to him when yeah. he was doing it or he placed place it in a visible place and so he would know what his time was like. That makes all the difference because once you really, and I mean, I've put in hours and hours of speaking and practicing speeches. So when I'm actually on stage, I know if I should stretch an mm-hmm. activity mm-hmm. when I should condense it, mm-hmm. how long I should let something run, all mm-hmm. of those things they people don't think about during their presentation. Like all my presentations are interactive. Right. So I know... I could stretch this for 20 minutes. Right. Or if I see that the audience is not really feeling the activity, I can switch it up and adjust. Right. Right? So you, you have to read all of these people's body language. Then at the same time, you can't get caught up in people's eyes right. because some people are going to tell you the truth with their eyes. But you're right. like, look, man, you know what? You might not be feeling it or you might love it, but I got to make sure everybody else in here loves it as That's well. That's that
1: finite success, though. Hey. Because it's not just, <laughs> oh, I'm a great speaker. It's mm-hmm. like I had a great speech today. Oh, Yeah because you definitely you're going
0: there're going to be some bombs <laughs> like you know you're not going to score 45 every night and hit 100% right right but it's your overall <laughs> and you know that's when your professionalism and the way that you handle people when you were doing just the emails or the, the phone calls and yep. things like that because they'll still want to bring you back because you're easy to work with exactly. or you're, you're great at what it
1: is that you do. Exactly. I you was know. just talking to my friend Dustin the other day. You know Dustin? Yeah, of course. Good old DJ. He was talking about how his role has shifted to more of a sales role yep. and he has to build these relationships and it's sort of new for him and I was like, listen man, one thing I've learned over the last few years is that most things in business don't come down to the product No, although that matters. Timing is a factor. Yep. But the biggest thing in business are your relationships. Absolutely. Because if your relationships are strong and quality, they can help you get past absolutely everything else. People will give you the benefit of the doubt if you have a good relationship.
0: And if you have I, I call it universal language, but if your aura is right. And yeah. people know that you're genuine, you're sincere, and that you're going to Authenticity. Execute. Authenticity, mm-hmm. yes.
1: Because that's easily readable. Mm-hmm. Babies can read authenticity. So right. you don't lose that instinct. We just tend to learn how to ignore it. Wow. But even even when I... we ignore it, though, we still stay away from those who we deem on, inauthentic. That person gives me a bad taste. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> right.
0: And as you become older, you bump your head a few, enough times to so exactly. you really know, okay, I need to stay out of this. Because the other thing about relationships is this. People move to different companies. Right. Or they can make references for you. Right. And so that is why those relationships
1: matter. And you being authentic matters. Right. Right. Because that goes back to the timing aspect. Mm -hmm. A lot of times a successful event, something that that happened right for you, Mm -hmm. could just be the right timing. And it organically happened because someone had a good relationship with you and pubbed you in the right way. and Because, uh, oh, yeah, I know exactly who you should talk to. Right. So everything matters Who you talk to matters And how you present yourself to the world matters So if you're out there talking about I have this idea, I have this idea But you haven't executed, guess what? You're inauthentic
0: hmm. How? Because your work
1: doesn't support your speaking You haven't right. put in the work to create mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. Or like that. that I can tangibly touch mm-hmm. So whatever it is you're talking about Isn't authentically or tangibly here So that means you aren't authentic. Even the things you do have to have authenticity in them. I like that. So one
0: of the big things, and I'm saying this because I used to be an assistant buyer at Ross and Lady Shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Me and this fashion career, man, I'll tell you. But I call it moonlighting. Some people call it doing other things. It's like, how do I pursue this entrepreneurial venture when I don't
1: feel like I have time. And
0: I say, you got to make time.
1: Yeah. yeah. You got to yeah. make time. I was on the train coming up here today on my laptop building my application. I run a tech company and I'm building another application right now. That's what I'm talking about making time. My daughter goes to sleep getting on the laptop. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You, there's always time in the day. That is if you're dedicated exactly and you want to execute. So if you're in, in a full-time position and you're saying to yourself, I don't have time to do anything else. You don't have a heart to be an entrepreneur. Because an entrepreneur isn't worried about how much time they don't have. The entrepreneur is worried about the time that's right in front of them and what they can do to be productive.
0: You know, what's interesting about that is I have a friend. Actually, she was on the show, Mm Anshia, who runs Bryce Land Entertainment. I remember just having a conversation with her. And, you know, sometimes people try to stick to this schedule. Yeah. Of, oh, I'm going to be up at 7 a.m., And I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and then I'm going to go to bed at 10. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of those people, I try to stick to it. Mm -hmm. But I understand that I am most creative Mm -hmm. when the rest of the world is Mm asleep, From about maybe 11 until 6 in the Mm -hmm. morning. I mean, that's when I wrote the majority of my book. Mm -hmm. That's when I can do all of my revisions. All of my creativity is just flowing and flowing and flowing at those times. And I remember her telling me that, she falls asleep early at mm-hmm. nine mm-hmm. and then she'll wake up at 12 and work till four mm-hmm. and then go to sleep take another nap and then wake back up
1: mm-hmm.
0: at six mm-hmm. and get back to it and then go all day and then maybe fall asleep at seven the next right. day and so that's that making the best use of time that you have right now instead of trying to stick to some schedule that realistically doesn't matter or doesn't well I, I
1: would caveat because some people are built to be on a clock they just have to be Others need a little bit more flexibility. Like, mm-hmm. I need a flexible schedule. Right. Right. I'm not built to be every single day at the exact same time, I'm doing the exact same thing. Right. I'm built to get stuff done in the immediate future. Right. right. So, if there's a task list, I can, I'm task oriented, I can mark it off. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what time it occurs. If I have the energy and the mindset to do it at a quality level, mm-hmm. then I'm going to do it at that time. It right. doesn't matter if it's three o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, you have to look at your other obligations in life. Right, right? It, for Family, this person. and work and all of those stuff. So I do have to, to go to sleep at a right. certain time right. in order to get up and to be productive in my other hours. Mm-hmm. But there's still that time where you have to say, you know what, I'm going to stretch it. I'm going to stretch it. i got to stretch. stretch it. Got to stretch. Yeah. If a person is trying to be an entrepreneur and they're at work and they're saying, I don't have any time in the day. How long's your lunch break that you go out and meet you? You going down there talking over coffee with friends, 30 minutes a day adds up.
0: It definitely adds up. And I mean, it's the small things instead of saying, OK, I'm going to do this for 30 minutes a day. Maybe I'm going to do 10 like, oh, I'm going to read for an hour a day. No, just say I'm going to knock out 30 pages a day. Then you right. can literally say, OK, I literally have 30 pages to knock out today. Right. And I think one of the other things is, is that if you don't get it done that day, it's OK. Do it, pick it up tomorrow. Right. But also, your, your commute in. And
1: I got a master's degree on my commute in, brother. I was working <laughs> full time, and I was going to school online, and I would literally walk with a book in my hand, and I got real good at it. And right above the book, I had my view of the street in front of me, and I would get that textbook read in, front, in order to complete my assignments once I got home. So it's tough. It's a new level of thinking about how to condense the work you're trying to do into digestible moments. But that goes back into taking the large picture and bringing it down into bite-sized pieces so that they can be done. Many people end up not showing up because they get overwhelmed with what it means to show up. But if you're talking about something like this, showing up is literally just opening the book and reading.
0: Well, I think it's... Breaking it down into smaller steps and saying, I'm not going to try to read this
1: entire book today. Exactly. and Being realistic.
0: Right. Being realistic. Well, realistic is relative because I feel like you create your own reality. Mm -hmm. But understanding that it's not going to all be done right Mm -hmm. then and there. Mm -hmm. And that it's going to take a process. Like, you're not going to be perfect at everything. Right. Though you can manage to be good at things, it's when you hit that wall of you being good and now you're trying to go to great or greater, Right. that that shows if you have the altitude right. or the aptitude to become an entrepreneur to be an entrepreneur because that is literally what you hit. When my stuff got stolen that was a wall. Right. And I could push through it but I needed a moment. And I also needed somebody to say, go. And that made a huge That's difference. That's actually
1: really important too because a lot of times people show up and they start Doing the busy work Yeah You know They haven't quite figured out How to be productive And focused And refined And the busy work Burns them out Because they don't have A level of self-care That's necessary So you can spend All your hours In the day Doing productive things But if you don't take A moment to rest To Mm -hmm. sleep To relax To be around people Who improve Your quality of life And your mindset And your well-being then it doesn't matter how many months or hours you put into something what ultimately is going to happen is you're going to be burnt out and dissatisfied with your life that's why for a very long time i made it an absolute requirement that when i unplug that is me and my family i'm not doing any other work i'm not doing anything else i need to be with someone that's going to improve my my well-being so that i can come back ready to get it going got you and how often or for how long do you do that every single day Well, I mean, as soon as I get home from work, it's me and my daughter time. I'll uh, give her a bath, put her to sleep. You know, I don't get a a lot of hours with her because, you know, she sleeps all night long, and obviously, and and, uh, I'm at work all day long. So that time right when I get off work to when she goes to sleep, I'm not doing any work. It's me, her, and my wife, period. Um, And then my weekends, you know, there's always quality time on the weekends where it's just us to be able to enjoy ourselves. But then on a Sunday... Sunday noon time come around, it's like, all right, it's time to get back to work, get ready for the week. I got that, that reinvigoration, my spirit is revitalized, and now I can do, I can be quality again. So you have to be honest with yourself about being able to unplug, because you will burn yourself out, and that leads to, to loss of creativity and productivity. Okay, I want to get a little personal
0: with you saying that. You, you're married, and you have a daughter. Mm-hmm. How, what was the conversation like, or how did you... How did you and your wife come to that conclusion that that would be the schedule that you guys work off of?
1: Well, the um, <clears throat> thankfully, I had a fairly flexible work-life balance. So I could work from home. I can pretty much work from anywhere, given that it's a tech company. Right. Um, but there's a culture I have to set. So I do have to be in the office uh, a certain amount of time. But when my daughter was born, um, she was born early. So right off the bat, I knew I wanted to be around To be able to help with that from an emotional stance Anything that was necessary I didn't want that all to fall on my wife After a while, once we got back in the groove My daughter was fine, everything was going well I got back in the office and was moving along on a regular basis again And so it kind of fell organically into the schedule That I was going to be home at a certain time to be able to put her to bed And actually my wife was like, you know what, I realize that's his time actually stepped back without us without us having to have a, a, a real conversation about it mm-hmm. um, but even before my daughter was here, me and my wife have had long term conversations about, or long standing conversations about work life balance, about you're just doing too much, you're spending 18 hours a day doing work on the computer you know, when are when are you and I going to enjoy ourselves? you got to relax. You're stressed out. I can see it in your face. And so those conversations let me know that I needed to balance my work life uh, situation out more. So long before my daughter was here, those conversations had occurred and I'd already decided to make home a priority. Got you.
0: I like that. One of the coolest things that I've heard is uh, work life integration.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: Rafael Moffitt said this to me. And he said that what you want to do, and of course you are doing this, is do things in your life that align with who you are. And so when you're doing both, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship or working, and you it have a family. It doesn't feel dis- segregated. Right. It's just, you it's know, more it's more of the same. Integrated, right. Integrated, yeah. man. And yeah. so he said, you know, my family, you know, they're into the stuff that we're doing because it aligns with our morals and with our purpose. Mm-hmm. So everything goes. He, he was like, you know, what well, I have to prioritize some things over others. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's still integration. For example, he just... Took um, the student activities director position at uh, at Texas Southern University. Nice. Their first big uh, basketball game since he's been there. The whole family was there because nice. it's integrated. Nice. You know, his wife is on campus and she's running, um, she'll more than likely be running the young ladies group. Nice. Things like that. So they're all intertwined. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, seeing that and, and understanding it, you know, because people are always talking about balance, but he's the first person that I heard say integration. Yeah, that, that, that is
1: important. It's not always possible, though. You know, if I work in corporate America and I'm coding all day long, I'm not going to bring my wife to sit over and watch over my shoulder, you know. So it's you gotta you got to be able to develop that balance without it um, detracting from either or, which means that Sometimes you got to say no. Yeah. Sometimes you got to say no. Even as an entrepreneur, sometimes you have to say no.
0: One of the biggest places that you have to say no to is sometimes when you have a million
1: ideas. Yes. And you need
0: to figure out which ones do you actually need to pursue. Yes. What are some of the strategies that you use? Because I'm going to share
1: some of mine. Oh, man. So, first, if, if you are an entrepreneur and you got a bunch of ideas, do you know anyone that's going to buy it? If you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start selling it to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, have you spoken to them yet? True. And if you haven't spoken to them, don't even touch the idea yet. Go have a conversation first. Because I guarantee you, they will change whatever idea you have in your head. So a lot of times people will try to, they want to quit their jobs and become an entrepreneur with an idea, and they haven't had done any real market research. You haven't even spoken to a client. You've been speaking to your friends. Your friends are too nice to tell you that that's a garbage Or they might not be your target audience. Exactly. That's Usually huge. your friends are never your target audience. It doesn't matter what you do. Your <laughs> friends are probably not going to buy your product. Even if they would buy it from somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> It's like, oh, I, I'm a, a friend of mine, my wife has a friend that's like always pubbing her entrepreneurial stuff um, on Facebook and trying to get her friends to do her marketing for her. Push out my, you know, this to all your friends We're doing this, da 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 Or better yet, come to this event so you can buy my product. I'm not your prime demographic. Yes, I buy these types of products, but guess what? I'm not going to buy this from you over and over and over again. Even if I bought one at a support, that will be the last time I ever buy something from you. So you got to be able to step out and go talk to customers, not people who fill the shoes of customers. How do I, when I'm selecting an idea, it
0: has to be something that I've I've thought about for a long time or maybe based off of something that I see as a need. And yeah. that I want to expand on. Like, for yep. example, Defree College Academy was a book first. Mm-hmm. So I thought mm-hmm. after having that experience of being at multiple colleges and asking the kids, I mean, asking the students, yo, how many of you guys know how much tuition costs? And right. seeing one hand, 10 hands go up out of right. a thousand. Right. I'm like, OK, I can't be everywhere at once. Let me make this something that you know, is available for people. Right. Um, but again, even with selecting that idea still had to select the work, select to do the work, Right, you know, and that right. was the the big part of it. And then the work was stolen. So, you know, it was, it's was. it been a long road with that. But mm-hmm. selecting that idea is, like, something that I actually care about because at the end of the day, you can try to go after whatever's going to make you rich, mm-hmm. but you will literally have a legacy and a life of boredom mm-hmm. and you trying to chase something mm-hmm. that does try not to matter you. to you. And you're like, dude, what the... Because, like, for me, like, I love speaking and stuff like that, man, but I love asking people, how did you become successful? Right. What is it that you do on a day-to-day basis that makes you dope, that has brought you to this level? That excites me. So, like, having the opportunity and the platform to have this radio show and and podcast, Mm -hmm. that matters to me. Right. You know, and that gets me excited.
1: And every week I'm like, yeah, we got the show. If you're excited, you're more likely... To bring whatever it is you're doing to the masses, which means it'll grow and evolve faster. If you're not excited, you're going to more likely try to make it perfect so that you can sell it as quickly as possible, Mm -hmm. and you'll ultimately spend a lot of time on something that has no value. So the excitement absolutely matters because you're going to go out and do the research, become an expert, spend the 10,000 hours, s- stay up all night without it, it's, it, it draining you too much on the inside because you got that internal fire going inside you. Yeah. So you definitely have definitely something to be- has to start with, am I excited about this? Does it meet a need? Has someone done it before? And if so, can I take that and improve upon it slightly? A lot of times people will get an idea in their head and then we will try to create it from scratch. When the, the model's already out there. The model's... So, it's, <laughs> it, it usually is. There is... I'm telling you, there is nothing new under the sun. Nothing. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're like, you know what, I'm about to create this. No one's ever done it before. Go have a conversation with 20 people that have done at least something close Similar. to it. Yeah, in the At ballpark. least... So you can figure out whether or not it's worth it. Yeah,
0: because definitely your time, man. And that's the one thing I actually... I sat back this year, earlier, and I asked myself, I said, what do you want, you know, your body of work? Because to me, that matters, Mm -hmm. the body of work. Like, I Mm -hmm. I always go back to my guy, Kobe Bryant. Mm -hmm. Body of work. Mm -hmm. His peers in his industry know Mm -hmm. that he's an executioner, he's a killer. You know, his work ethic is all they talk about. You know, and... To me, I was like, well, you know, when I'm older and I'm not able to work like I am now, and I look back and I say, man, I've done this, 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 and this, what is actually going to matter to me and what is going right. to make a, a difference? What's going to light me up when right. I when I hear it or when I see you know, what I've done? Right. And so that started to drive my decisions more than money and stuff like that because one of my principals, Tony Gross, um, not even one of my principals, my high school principal, Mr. Tony Gross, said, there's no job called make money. You make money <laughs> by being good at what, you do, at what you do. That's so true. That's so true. You can't chase money. Dude, it, it's just it's so real that yeah. you really got to be passionate about this.
1: What are some of the easiest ways to fail as an entrepreneur? Uh, some of the easiest ways to fail as an entrepreneur, build in a vacuum, build a product in a vacuum. I keep going back to that. You know, you have to go to the client base and get your feedback. You know, when I was building Sober Lovers, you know, I was getting um, a lot of feedback by just simply watching other people. And I had a few conversations, but I hadn't actually got out there with the product and tried to sell it to the customer base. And the customer base was ultimately single black men. Mm -hmm. But that was at the tail end, though, because I'd started to have conversations and realized that. Talking to single black women was a saturated marketplace. Oh, yeah. And I probably make more money in the single black men realm. And so I shifted in to, to that end. So building in a vacuum, easiest way, one of the easiest ways. How did out. that work when you realized that you wanted to use the niche of, of the black men? How did that work for you? It changed my voice. It changed how I was um, putting content out in market. Because Sober Lovers was a content marketing uh, company, it right. was a lifestyle brand that had a lot of content. And you did a uh, book. Developed. I had a book. Um, it you was, have? I had have. have. Right. it's out yeah. there, in, out there in the marketplace. Um, <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> What's it called? The Boyfriend Rules. And it is, and it is. So the book was again geared towards black men, telling them about how to. Develop the mindset that's necessary in order to have a successful relationship Because many of us have never had that experience or done it successfully in the past And so we go in with the bad habits and the the failed uh, mentality That ultimately destroys a good relationship So it was all about wiping the slate clean mentally So that you could actually find the right woman And then keep that woman uh, If you're looking to obviously be in a long-term relationship Um, So building in a vacuum is one way to fail the next way to fail is to do too much busy work, to com- get completely distracted right. on what the definition of success is. Right? You, you think that um, uh, definition of success is, I'm going to write a book and sell a million copies. But think about it. Actually think about it. Most people who write successful books are not novels and people who are actually authors and their craft is to write. Most, most people who write successful books, especially in the self-help realm, are personas first and then build the book as a piece of collateral that people can Absolutely. buy to take home with them Absolutely. for something. It's so, a exactly room product. Exactly. So a book is not a successful business venture. No, it's not. <laughs> No, it's not. Speaking from experience, is that you really have to
0: understand that. I mean, me and I had several conversations about this. Where I was trying to sell books and trying to sell books, and I'm like, this just doesn't make sense. And then we had, we came to the conclusion that what it was was a low tier product, yep, yep. and that my primary business was in selling speeches and trainings. Right. And so, yes, you're right. Keep going. Right.
1: <laughs> I would say the last piece is um, not introducing technology into whatever it is you're doing. It doesn't matter if it's a product or a service. And this is something I feel like I've learned recently. Um, uh, Just given our demographic, Mm -hmm. we're young black men. right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that we lack in our overall uh, demographic, our overall cohort, are technical skills. Or knowledge of someone who can provide us those technical skills. So, we'll go out and we'll say, I want to build an app. Do you have those skills? Have you ever built an app before? Have you ever done it? And remember, before you built Defreecollege.com, you had no technical skills, but you put in the work to do it, though. Oh, man. I hired... How many people did I hire?
0: I hired a few people and kind of didn't get the results that I wanted, right. so I literally taught myself.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I, but I also...
0: Well, you know what? I did try to hire an aspect because I was going to say that I, I wouldn't recommend you going and building an actual website, but I have like this super laser focus and mm-hmm. getting things done where I'll mm-hmm. literally stay in the house for days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was a journey, man. It's
1: 2016. There's nothing it's that 2017 technology. 2017 now, bro. Wow, damn. <laughs> down on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it is 2017 and there's almost nothing that technology does not touch. So if you are about to build a product or a service and you're not introducing technology in order to deliver it to the masses in a better way or to to simplify the process of how your service works in a better way, then ultimately you're going to run into a scaling factor <clears throat> issue. Yeah, you're going to hit a point where you can only do so much work without hiring another body and hiring bodies early on in the, in the entrepreneur phase. is very, very difficult because it's very, very expensive. So, you yeah. have to look at your idea up front with technology so that it's easily scalable. DeffreyCollege.com, and it's now Debtfree in College the cloud. Academy, get that right, is now in the cloud and can be delivered instantaneously to anybody on the planet. Right. Imagine if you were walking around with a DVD. Going to How quick to that person? Exactly. And. Then you're talking about inventory and all this other type right, of stuff. overhead.
0: And that's just overhead because you have the inventory sitting. I have some programs in the back that still haven't been sold, man. They're Got just it. sitting there. And so that was money that was, yep. you know, just on, the, um, okay. on
1: so, the shelf. So say you have an idea, you've developed it, and you have a product, um, or at least you have that MVP, that minimal viable product, right, and you're right. trying to sell it to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Then comes your need to price, and what I find also is that we, sometimes we overprice, but so many of us underprice ourselves. We have no idea what our operational costs are. We have no idea what our customer acquisition costs are. This is how much it costs to market to, capture, and close a deal with the customer. That's what that customer acquisition cost is. So if you have to pay $100 a month on Google, right. and you're bringing in 50 customers, each customer costs two dollars to acquire yeah so you need to know exactly how much it costs to sell your product and to close a customer in order for you to be able to set the right price mm-hmm. and so many of us are either pricing it too much or pricing it far too low right and, and that's what the the real
0: to me one of the biggest ways to fail entrepreneurs to not know your numbers
1: right Right. That's, that's
0: exactly huge what to me because exactly even <laughs> let's say with Defri College Academy, if I don't make any money, I know how much that's going to cost me every single month.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So whether
0: or not I make money or not, there's still, I still an, got an overhead expense. Right, yep. I still got overhead yep. expense. You know, the same thing with the with the podcast and radio show. There's mm-hmm. a certain cost that is incurred in order to run this, in order to upload the files onto right. online, all of that stuff to keep it sustainable. Yep. You know, so you have to really, you know, we're building a library. Of these things, so you have to really be aware of your numbers. I think another thing is that it, that'll make you fail quickly. Listening to the wrong people, man. Yeah. You don't want a bunch of yes men around you. Yeah. I'd rather have a friend. Don't even. Matter of fact, might not even be a friend, but somebody who will point out where I might be coming up short. But here's the kicker: is really understanding where that person's coming from. If they're if they have malicious intentions, that's different than if they're genuinely like, "Look, dude, you're here. Take it up a, a
1: couple other notches." Or if they even have credibility. Oh There's man. There's a lot of naysayers out oh, there that gosh. will give you plenty yes. of of hateful advice. <laughs> <laughs> man. But they have no credibility. Yeah. You're telling me what I can't do because you failed at it. You're telling me what I can't do because you're scared. You can't see how it can come to fruition. Mm-hmm. That is one thing about an entrepreneur. They can see the vision. Despite the obstacles. Right. And so they'll chase all the way through the obstacles. Whereas the person on the other end is saying, no, no, don't walk there. There's a, there's a, there's, there's no bridge over that river. That's okay. I can, I, I learned how to swim right. for this very reason. I know how to build this raft. Exactly. I could build a raft. I <laughs> build hey, a bridge.
0: paddle across. Like, Hey man, there, what is, I always say, you know, whatever it takes, mm-hmm. find a way or make one. Mm-hmm. That's one of my biggest mm-hmm. models, but whatever it takes, you know, it's an ambition.
1: Yeah, ambition is is if you do if you're not looking far enough in the future, you will run into that blockade.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you'll run into a point where you're like, you know what? I don't know where to go from here. I don't know what else to do.
0: And what does success
1: you, look like?
0: But that is when you actually go and you
1: start start again,
0: <laughs> start again, or you start researching. You mm-hmm. now I hit this wall. Now I got to figure it out. Right. And so now you're going up against that, and then you're like, dude, what? Whatever it takes. Like, this might take me the next 10 hours to figure this out. And then from that 10 hours, you say, you know what? I spent that 10 hours in a good way. Mm-hmm. Or you might say, you know what? I shouldn't have spent that 10 hours at all right. like that. I should have I did it differently. And so you know, and then you start to build from those experiences and stuff like that. Right. But literally, whatever it takes, right. I'm going to make this happen. And that's where I come, you know, where that integrity comes into it. Yep. If I say, oh, you know, I'm going to build this. I'm going to make this happen. But I'm literally I'm working towards it all the time every time and I might get some naysayers I might get this I might right. get that but it's like look this is happening right I don't care some people you know I get that question a lot some people are like what made you feel like you know you, you could do that I'm like well over the course of my life I've done what I said that I was going to do so no matter what y'all what anybody else says if I said it's gonna get done that I'm going to stop everything else that I'm doing, and I'm going to do that.
1: Right. And it's right. going to be it's going to be whatever, whatever it takes. You got to be a little self delusional in order to be an entrepreneur. Because you, you got to tell yourself mind. that failure can't hurt me. You got to tell yourself that I am the most successful person on the planet, even without the success, because that's the vision you're walking towards. It's that talking it into existence. Yeah. Right. It's, it's trying to live a certain uh, mentality and a certain, live a certain lifestyle so that you become a person. You walk in the shoes that you want to fill. You have to affirm yourself. Exactly. You over have to affirm and yourself over and over consistently. And over.
0: consistently. I mean, there are days where I just want to stick my head in the pillow and <laughs> just sit there for hours, you know, and you have those days where yeah. where I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, And I'll literally be like, Kev, you, you know, you're crazy, right? I'll talk to myself and I'll be like, yeah, I'm crazy. Yeah let's
1: go yeah you gotta <laughs> like, have those go. conversations we let's go we look at having those those conversations yeah too, man
0: stuff. and i'm talking through the different steps and things like that of what it is that i need to do you know the quality of something like i'm real big on detail mm-hmm. all right so the other day matter of fact it's over there um i ordered a a valet so mm-hmm. that i could put my keys my cash my watches everything in one place right right gotta have it right and I liked online, I loved the way that the box looked. It wasn't it was leather, mm-hmm. nice, detailed. I got it. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, this is sweet. And I look at the interior. And I don't like the interior material. <laughs> <laughs> so me, I guess that's the clothing designer in me, right? Right. So I'm like, all right, well, you know what? This gotta go back. And so then I spend the next two, three hours online mm-hmm. trying to find a valet that mm, has better, better Interior material.
1: So, so <laughs> you start out with detail oriented, being detail oriented, mm-hmm. but it's also about not accepting mediocre. Yes, right? there's there's because difference I between it already here building an MVP and accepting mediocre. Right. When you're building an MVP, mm-hmm. you're building a, a minimum viable product. You're just building one set of features that work in a simple way. But then when you move to the next step.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're building a full-fledged product, yeah. that's when mediocre cannot fly well, because you will not stand out. I want to say this. Mediocre is
0: not a part of anything. shouldn't be. For me, I always say that there should be a standard. And I also say that I call it sexy.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: when I see something, when, I'm, when, we, when we're discussing something, we're going over this thing, I'll say, oh, you know, that's not sexy. For example, that valet, the outside mm-hmm. bomb, mm-hmm. inside. When I saw it, I said that's not sexy. And it's not that I'm talking about sexy in the term of sex. I'm talking. About, I'm saying it in terms of a standard. Right. Where it's like when I look at that, I say, you know what? There's a standard there. There's a certain amount of quality that you know you're going to get. Or I'll say, you know what? That doesn't say Kevin Brown. Kevin there's White a Brown. Le-
1: there's a level of excellence that successful entrepreneurs aspire to. Absolutely. And. You, you apply it to everything. Ultimately. Everything, if and if you start saying, "Oh, that's fine," "Oh, that's fine," all oh, that's that mentality is going to seep into your that's business. When the integrity exactly. starts to you start to uh, compromise your integrity. To exactly. integrity exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but even in that, being able to stick to high quality execution, mm-hmm. you still got to be comfortable with that that backtick. Oh, okay, this is not worth me slowing progress to perfect. I'll wait to the stage where I need to stand out with this before I perfect it. Well,
0: I think, yeah, having that room, giving yourself that room to grow. And I think there's something that you and I had a discussion on before where you said that if you're, if you've done 80% of a product and you've Mm -hmm. done it to a great, extent, then mm-hmm. let
1: somebody else do the last 20% in order to bring it to completion. Exactly. That, that was huge. That that's huge. learning That's learning where your skill set lies, right? Because a lot of times as an entrepreneur, you want to build perfection, but you don't have perfect expertise. Now, you can get into the market as an entrepreneur, which is what you should be doing. As an entrepreneur, you should be able to get into the market, be the vanguard. And then once you're in the market, allow the market to give you the feedback and And the reasons of how you're going to, or the the ways you're going to perfect your product. But if you don't have the skill set to do that, when you're perfecting your product, it shouldn't be the slow process of building a product like it was back when you're doing the first 80%. Mm -hmm. You need to have someone who's a sniper. Kill it, get it back in market. Because now the customer base is watching you and they want the the quick iterations of perfection. So that's when you should be able to find someone that can get you from 80 to 20 quickly. That's mm-hmm. why after you build the website, put in the work, know the ins and outs, understand your entire um, uh, college uh technology, right. then you hire somebody to, to, manage it. to manage it and keep it going and perfect it. And you
0: work on the BD, which is the Business exactly. Development and Securing and Accounts. make it profitable. Absolutely. Um, so another question I think is, which is really important, is how do you get those, because we're talking about standards, how do you get those people on board to... Help you bring the idea to fruition Or to help you execute it on another level So
1: if you're if you don't have If you, you don't just starting out, This goes back to, to show up Show up and speak up Yeah, you're going to have to speak up That's it, that's it Go to the places where you can find people of like mind Go to the places where you can find people Who are doing something similar And then speak to them And then once you speak to them You'll know whether or not you, you'll, you'll figure out whether or not you have a chemistry that connection Whether or not they have the time Because all of, the, all of those things matter They need to be on board and motivated And, and uh, there In order to get this idea to fruition So when I was brought on to Free ATM when we first started I was brought on part time for six months Why? Because I was still doing Sober Lovers right. I wasn't fully bought in I just wanted to help out yeah. And then once I was there and in the, the tranches I was like hmm you know what Running a tech company is something I think I want to do. Let right. I me mean, let me jump into this wholeheartedly. And so sometimes it takes a while for that that co-founder, that that other half of the business, that's necessary to really buy into it. But without uh, my former business partner asking me, without us going to lunch together and talking about the idea, without showing us up. showing up and speaking about it, none of that would happen. So mm-hmm. you got to go out and talk to people. Don't just sit around and say, oh, I really need this. Oh, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? Talk to somebody. Sell them on it. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the idea of being something you're excited about. If you aren't excited about that idea, no one's going to join you for it. I think that's, that's a great perspective, man, that
0: show up and, and speak up. I would also say, because to me, a lot of times people are buying into you first.
1: That's When we got our first investment,
0: mm-hmm.
1: our Series A, and really, our seed series before that, um, it was our seed series was nothing but our college alums, almost entirely college alums. About ninety percent of the round was college alums, and that wasn't because the idea was off the ground. It wasn't because of any of that. It was because my uh, my co-founder sold the idea. People bought into him and his vision. Right. And that's what's ultimately going to happen as an entrepreneur. If you don't have The charisma, unfortunately, if you don't have the charisma, the authenticity and the uh, intelligence to be able to speak about your idea and really describe your vision Mm -hmm. in full force, then no one's going to buy in and invest alongside you. I think what else is important is their time or their money
0: (laughs) standard. To me, it goes back to the standard and that standard of, okay, I know when I know when Kevin does something, it looks like this. Or I know when Eric does something, mm-hmm. it's going to look like this. Mm-hmm. And then also your reputation. Yeah. That's huge, man. Yeah. Because people, like, they be For example, we crowd crowdfunded. Our goal was $2,000 in a month to mm-hmm. make the radio show happen. Mm-hmm. We raised 2200 before the time period. Nice. But people have bought into... Me because they seen this track record of me right. executing and doing what right. it was that I said that I was going to do. So they're like, oh, yeah, you like, I know right. that you know this radio show and podcast is not just going to be over in, in three months, mm-hmm. and I know for a fact that the quality mm-hmm. of the content mm-hmm. is going to be blank, right? And so, with that, I, Luke, had to learn I bought that. all of this material, all of these equipment, and stuff yep. like that, man, yep. in order to make this go. Like, even today, we don't have. Access to the studio for whatever reason, but we're literally in the lab. Get it done. Getting getting it, Get done. it done. Show it up. We're two, with two <laughs> microphones that I bought, you know, <laughs> from from the money that the the community and that the family brought, uh right. the Creative Life Series family donated for us to be able to do this. But it's them being entrusted and, and invested in me and the vision enough.
1: It's funny. It's, there's something about that, that that um, I want to touch on. It, you have a track record in uh, the social ecos- ecosystem and in people's minds and hearts because you've been doing it for a long time and you've been communicating to people that you've been doing it for a long time. Okay. You have to realize as an entrepreneur, it's your reputation is built on how people perceive you, so you have to control that perception at all times. Protect it. And protect it. And one of the things that I had to learn over time was that if I wanted to be selling a product... I had to be out in front of that product and selling it to people. People need to see my face and hear me say that product's name over and over and over and over and over, and over again. But you, have to, you can't mistake the creation of your persona with your product's marketing. Mm, one, of the place, yes. one of the reasons people fail is that they go on, they build a product and they go online and they try to sell it to their friends. And they try to get their friends to sell it to their friends, and they use this the channel as a marketing scheme. Facebook advertising, Google AdWords is where you do your marketing. Not your own Facebook po- your own Facebook wall. That That's right. is your persona creation. That is where you go out and build who you are in, in, in the virtual world, which will feed into who you are in the physical world. But you should like you that. shouldn't mistake marketing with persona creation especially when it comes to channels that involve direct relationships with your friends like like Instagram or if you if you want to have a, a business Instagram profile go do that but if you're selling your product on your personal Instagram page I'm telling you you're going to run into some issues because people will get old, they'll get tired of it after a while yeah absolutely because they want to learn more about you they want to be more exactly in they want to watch your videos about what you're doing they don't want to hear about the new product cuz they're not your customer very, very true So
0: Okay well, Where should people Like initially research if their idea is viable Like, Where should they begin That research
1: Domain names Everything I do I go and search and see if there's a domain name mm-hmm. That is similar to it Something like it And literally just type in the words in Google mm-hmm. People are scared that they're going to find Too much like it so they decide not to research it. Just go out and find anybody that's like you.
0: You know, I think one of the biggest things that people, that stops people sometimes, too, is they say, oh, I don't want somebody to steal my idea.
1: It's such BS. Man,
0: I say, let somebody steal your idea. Right. They still got to do the work. So if you've been at this for five years, for 10 years, for three years, <laughs> for the last 12 months, and somebody wants to steal your idea, I trust me, I know nobody's going to go to the extent of doing the work that I will. Right. So right. try
1: it. It's like catch up. <laughs> Try to catch up. Yeah. If you have competition, that means you're doing something right in the marketplace. Right. And if somebody...
0: And if... The only way they're going to catch up is if you stop. Exactly.
1: That's the only way they're catching up. Exactly. The only way. Exactly. It means you are not executing and you're just sitting on an idea. And ideas are worthless without execution.
0: Hmm. Because then the question becomes then, what am I doing wrong? You know, I've been at this for X amount of years, but nothing's going right. Like Mm -hmm. when I was talking about the guy who with $500,000... Exactly. You know, executed... uh, But... From what you were saying, it seems like he was building in the vacuum, or he hadn't spoken to people who had real business sense or acumen, and that is a conversation that you must have because they will let you know whether or not. If
1: you're at a point where you're putting 500 grand into a business and you don't have a CFO, or or an accountant, or or you don't have uh, an advisor, you don't have a lawyer on 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 staff that can write-up business deals the right way, you don't have a salesperson, then you're investing in the wrong thing. Especially if it's your own money. (laughs) Man, and the OPM, man. Other people's (laughs) money is
0: important. You know, you don't want to be taking these L's just because. Right. Uh, That's that's huge. So I guess... I know what our listeners are gonna ask is what keeps a successful entrepreneur going every day when you have all of these challenges and things like that that we've been
1: discussing right now what would you mm-hmm. what would you say to that for me it definitely goes back to my work-life balance I know I'm well I'm, I'm personally yoked to be successful what? you know I, I, you can be evenly yoked with somebody yeah I'm set up in a certain way to chase a vision mm-hmm Sometimes I lose sight of that vision, but when I have a strong grasp of where I'm going, failure is not an option. It doesn't matter. It's, it goes. I go back into scientist mode, and it's like, all right, that was just a test. Let's let's revamp and keep moving.
0: Sounds like that goes into a plan for you. You have a plan. so yeah, you're... I, I,
1: yeah, I always have a plan. I always have a plan. And if I don't have a plan, I at least have a vision, and we'll start walking, and we'll just correct along the way.
0: Mm, but you're still getting started. But still I'm still getting, getting started. started.
1: I'm still getting started. The second thing is, again, work-life balance. My family motivates me to no end. You know, I know what I want to provide for them, mm-hmm. and so probably I've been more focused and. Um, uh, I've been more focused and been chasing my vision harder now that I have a family, as opposed to beforehand. Because it gives you something to say. I'm building this for you. It, it, it takes you out of yourself. It makes you selfless, mm. right? And when you're selfless, there's a level of energy that you can't you can't generate from selfish intentions. There's something about doing for others that makes you go nonstop. And so I I have other reasons outside of myself to keep going. That's one of my biggest things. Mm. And one of your biggest motivators, yeah. Wow. Okay. For me,
0: if you're going to be a successful entrepreneur to go every single day, you got to be crazy.
1: <laughs> and. It's not meant for everybody. It's not for everybody. Let's be honest. This isn't it's about, not, like, not working for others. Nah.
0: This is about being insane enough to say to yourself, you know what? I can't afford a drink at a bar. And. I'm okay with that. Mm. But I'm still going to stay here at home and I'm going to keep working. I might not even have any food, but I'm going to keep working from sunup to sundown. I know my friends all have jobs where they're making six figures a year. Mm -hmm. But I believe in this that much because I said that I'm going to do this.
1: Right, right.
0: That I am going to pursue this relentlessly and you know what it's not gonna fail it might take longer right but it's not gonna fail because i'm not gonna give it the option i'm in the game because i exactly (laughs) because i'm in the game and also i might have to make some adjustments and do it differently Mm -hmm. after a while Mm -hmm. and figure this out Mm -hmm. but i am not going to stop
1: keenly self-aware man keenly self-aware you gotta be what 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 did you need to sacrifice what you need to continue to do and what decisions need to be made even if they're the most difficult decisions you've ever made in your life.
0: And you're not gonna know everything. Nope. So the thing is is just to say literally whatever it takes like I'm not going to stop. Right. I am going I am the most persistent human that you know. Right. Like I'm not stopping. Like this is happening. And I'm whatever it takes it, it sorry. If, if it takes to the day mm-hmm. that That's I die, but integrity emotional fortitude. And I said that that this is I said that I'm going to do this, man.
1: And you 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 are doing it, will do it, and what you do will evolve and change in the future. And it's going to get better. And
0: to me, it boils down, if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur, all of that stuff that I just said boils down to one thing. And that is a decision. Mm. The decision to be
1: and to do what you said you're going to do. hmm Mm-hmm. Because being an honest and, it. Man. It's it's definitely a decision. You make them every do. It's the, the, I don't remember when I said it or when I was thinking about it, but it's not the big decisions we make that change our lives. It's not. Oh, I'm going to decide to have a baby. No, it's not the decision. Oh, I'm going to decide to get married. No, that's not the decision. It was all the decisions you made that made you the person that could make the big decision. If you were if you were trying to get married, you're trying to be in a long-term relationship, and you found someone and proposed to them, that's a huge decision, but that's not the impactful decision. It was all the times when you were, were like, you know what? I see this woman. I know I, she's not right. I'm going to this relationship in a respectful way. Oh, I'm, ha- I'm, in, a, I'm in a relationship right now. It may not work out, but I'm going to work on positive conflict resolution so that I'm a better person for the next one. All those little decisions that make you and prepare you for the big decision are the most impactful decisions. We think it's the big moments in life that change who we are. It's not. It's those small decisions that we make that set us up to be able to make the right choice when the big decisions come through. So I think what that means is, is that literally as an entrepreneur...
0: To be successful, you know going into every day is to literally get up into and be involved in your venture in your pursuit mm-hmm. every single day, even mm-hmm. if it's just a little bit, even mm-hmm. if you got to go to work giving the giving up that three mm-hmm. those three hours at night, those four hours at night. Mm-hmm. I remember I was working on this uh this the national children's research study there was a temp work out in Long Island City. I used to go to work. I think we had to show up at like 10. It was a real chill job. We had to show up at like 10 or something like that. And uh, we get off at around like 6, 5 or 6. Yeah. As soon as we got off, I was going straight to the library on yep. 40th and 5th, man. Yeah. I, I remember like, that. Yeah, yeah you yeah. remember, yeah. right? We were always in the library. Always. always. Until 11 library. o'clock at night. <laughs> Every single day. Yep. And then when I got, when I finished working there, I catch the train home, taking about an hour to get home. Mm-hmm. And then I work until 3 o'clock in the morning, yep. 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. And then I will work out. For two hours in the morning. So I was literally falling asleep at lunch. We were literally at a lunch for everybody at the right, job. Right. And I was literally fell asleep at the table. Like my arm just slid off the table. <laughs> like, I mean, but that's how hard I was right, going. The right. same thing when I was at Ross, man. So making that decision to be in the game every single day. And I think one of the other things is, is to also start off small mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then evolve. Prime mm-hmm. example. For a while, I couldn't work out consistently for years. Right, right. And I, I played basketball in college and right. you know, have always been an athlete, but I couldn't seem to work out. So I said, you know what? It wasn't really until this girl that I was dating told me that the only reason I was in shape is because of my genetics. And so <laughs> that really, that offended me, bro. I was like, no, i put it work. <laughs> no, bro. no, no. I'm going to make a choice. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to make a choice. I made the decision, right? So I literally... I said, I committed to three, three days out of the week. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was like, okay, cool. Monday through Wednesday, I'm about to hit it. And then right. I'll be done for the rest of the week, right? Right. And then I'm like, okay, you know, what about Monday, Wednesday, Friday? So then it changed. Right. And then I was like, oh, no, Monday through Wednesday works because then I don't have to worry about it. And then I started saying after, on Thursday, I was like, oh, why don't I do it again? right. And then I was like, okay, well, what about Friday? Right. And, sure. then, and then I was like, all right, well, now what about five, four times a week? And then it turned into five times a week. Mm-hmm. Now I'm five, six times a week. Right? And but it's consistent every single week. But it grew. And so I think in order to be a successful entrepreneur and what it is that you need to do every single day is at first just start. Yeah. And give it some commitment yeah. and then let that commitment evolve. Right. And then you will start to see your success build because you're gonna become more attracted to it and you're gonna think about it. The idea
1: is gonna solidify and evolve into something tangible as opposed to just throwing darts at the wall. Then you'll start to focus it because you you did a little bit, you learned a little bit more, you have more insight. So yeah. it's absolutely about just starting, make the choice to start mm-hmm. and make the choice to continue. And then that slow progress will snowball. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. All right, man. Well, Eric, always a pleasure to have you on the Create Your Life series. Brother. I love it, man. I love We're it. we CEO Talks, man. This is the segment. Uh, shout out to Gregory Neesmith who said that he loves uh, CEO Talks. And shout out to Shafan Rollins, who actually is shared the video, is watching us now on Facebook Live. Also, Herbie Munoz, uh, Petro Gillo, Peter Gillo. That's my homie. He went to college with me.
1: Good brother. So man, yeah, I you appreciate know. you guys' support. I love it. I want to give as much uh, uh, insight and advice as possible so you guys leapfrog all the issues. You know, it's 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 a process, but if you're dedicated to it, you really want to do it, then show up. Show up, speak up, and stand, stand out. out.
0: That is the model. So CEO Talks, you guys will be seeing a lot of me and Eric here. And we are doing this, man. This is this is the Create Your Life series. You can always be in contact with us uh, at CYL Series on Instagram. That's where we post all of our updates. Also, go to our podcast, download the new episodes. Four episodes just came out last Friday. So nice. make sure that you always download success. that. Subscribe, Right. <laughs> success. Uh, make sure that you subscribe.
1: Uh, to the podcast, man. And Eric, where can people find you at? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Eric N. Fondren. That's F-O-N-D-R-E-N. Um, you can also email me, Eric, at itell.io. That's I-T-E-L-L dot I-O.
0: Yes. So Create Your Life Series family. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. We'll see you next Sunday. Be blessed. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life Series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5 30 to 6 30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at Facebook.com backslash Kev Brown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Cream. Create your life.
1: Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life.
0: Create la
1: life.
0: Create your life. Create your life. Create your
1: life.